When Philip finds Nathanael this morning in the gospel, Nathanael feels like he knows some things. For instance, Nathanael knows all about Nazareth and the type of people that one finds there. And Philip comes to Nathanael clearly excited, burning with the zeal uh, reserved for a recent convert. And Philip lets Nathanael know that he thinks that they found the Messiah, the one that Moses and all the prophets wrote about. Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Nathaniel's response is incredulous and disbelieving. He asks, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And yet he goes nonetheless. What happens to Nathaniel when he meets Jesus overturns his worldview, doesn't it? What he thought he knew he no longer knows. And yet even Jesus is amused by Nathanael's change of heart. Nathanael goes from wondering if anything good can come from Nazareth to proclaiming that Jesus, that same guy from Nazareth, is the Son of God and the King of Israel. He does a complete 180. And so it's worth wondering Why? What could have triggered this radical shift in perspective? What the heck happened? The answer, I think, is that Nathaniel had the experience of being known, of being recognized, of having been found. Where did you get to know me? Philip asks Jesus when Jesus gently ribs Nathanael as an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And Jesus answers, I saw you under the fig tree. Now that could just be heard as pretty commonplace, right? Kind of like saying that I had a vision of you at the gas station (laughs) or at the grocery store, right? I'm probably going to get that one, right? I this, you're going to believe it. But for Nathaniel, this simple declaration of recognition, a statement that even Jesus finds to be unremarkable, this recognition rattles Nathaniel to the core. Something about it speaks to Nathaniel intimately. He discovers himself as one who is seen. Nathaniel knows himself as one who is known. Now, it's an interesting thing to be known, and it's not always a pleasant experience, is it? The people who know us best also know all about our warts. They know our faults and our foibles. They they know all about our pettiness. They see us when our guards are down and our masks are off. 
And yet for all of that vulnerability that comes with having been known, we long to be known. Maybe not by everyone, but at least by a few. We cannot be a stranger to everyone. We cannot be cut off from our fellow human beings and be healthy. We desire connection and recognition. We need to be acknowledged, and we need to acknowledge others in kind. We were created to know others and to be known by others. And this sort of knowledge is not just a knowing like the way we know about things. It's not just a knowing about the facts and the details of someone's life. No, it's a, it's a participatory sort of knowledge. It is a knowledge filled with, with empathy and compassion. It's a knowledge that comes with placing ourselves in the shoes of others and having others place themselves in our shoes. Which is to say it is a knowledge born of love, of being loved, and of loving in kind. We need this sort of knowledge, and we need to be known with this sort of knowledge. The psalmist declares, Lord, you have searched me out and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You discern my thoughts from afar. Psalm 139 that we heard this morning, sung this morning, speaks to this sort of intimacy that I'm talking about. In fact, we hear again and again in Psalm 139 of a, of a God who knows the psalmist and is completely woven into the life and existence of the psalmist. God knows this poet in action and in rest, in word and in deed, and even in thought. And moreover, God knows, rather, God has always known this poet, forever and for always. God knew the psalmist as God knit the psalmist in the womb. Yes, God knew the psalmist as God created the poet. And more than that, knew the psalmist from before the beginning of creation. For the poet declares, Your eyes beheld my limbs, yet unfinished in the womb. All of them were written in your book. To the psalmist, the God who created us is not aloof. The God who created us is not some distant other and certainly not absent. Rather, God is, is present to the psalmist, present in the lives of each and every person. For God created each person in God's own image, in love and for love, 
so that each and every person might know this love and share this love. St. Paul puts it this way, God is the one in whom we live and move and have our being. And in some sense, all of the mystics often speak of God as being closer to us than we are to ourselves. Our patron saint, Augustine, in speaking of this closeness, wrote, You were within me, Lord, but I was outside myself. Augustine's experience is that that God is intimately within. And yet, this God is not an impersonal force or substance, but the God who creates and the God who calls and the God who loves. This is the God who intimately knows. Notice this morning that woven into our scripture readings are these so-called call narratives. God calls to Samuel, and Samuel learns to listen. Jesus finds Philip and gives Philip that most basic and, and frankly terrifying command, follow me. And these These two learn to respond with with listening and openness. And yet, these calls rest on a basic ground, on a a presupposition, on on an axiom of sorts. For the God who calls is first the God who loves. Is first the God who lovingly knows the one who is called. Before we are called, before we would serve, before we would hope of following, we were created to be known and to know, to be loved and to love. And all of our service and all of our following comes out of this most basic reality that God knows and loves us and wants us to know and love God in return. But this is not just true for some of us. It's not just true for the select few. Rather, this is the, the nature and destiny of each and every person. We might think that nothing good can come from Nazareth or from Haiti or from El Salvador or from Africa. But we would be wrong. For God intimately knows and wonderfully loves each and every human being. For all were created in God's image, and all are worthy of respect. For all possess a dignity that nothing and no one can ever strip from them. 
And so this morning, know that God knows you and loves you. Not for the person that you hope to become or for the person that you aspire to be, but rather as you are. Know that God is intimately woven into your life. Not the life that you are busy trying to create, but this life, the one you have. And that God longs to be known by you and loved by you in this life, the one you actually have. Know that you are God's beloved child and that you are one who is known and loved. And then, knowing that, ponder. Ponder what this news might mean for your life. Ponder what this news might mean for how you live in relationship with those who are far off and those who are near. For you are known. For God knows you and loves you as God loves each and every person. Amen.